You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 232. Tim. Okay, me. I'm back. I missed it. Tech Fan 232. And it is tech fan number th- uh, 232. I am returning to the show, Tim Robertson, after... Uh, David, it's been like over six weeks since I've done a podcast. Yeah, I know. I kind of forgotten who you were, really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and for my triumphant return, I put the tech fan theme music back in for this episode, because we haven't used it in like half a year. It's not the tech fan theme music. It's your theme music. It is. It is you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna set that up for when I'm on the road. That's what yeah, I wake up to. Yeah, that's right. Well, when you when you arrive at those trade shows, which is what you've been doing all this time, as you walk into the booth from the from the entrance of the hall, they should play it over the speakers. You know, kind of like a boxing match. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, I wear like a, a a towel around my neck and. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I I did discuss it before we left, but I was in um, one show was actually added in at the last second. I literally found out that I was going to leave on you know the, the same week that I was gone, um, which is always fun, you know. So I was in New York, and then I was in L.A., and then I was in boy. Well, yeah, here's it um, on my uh, and then I was in Baltimore, then I was back in uh, New York, and then I was in L.A. or something like that. Um, one of my trips to Baltimore was kind of cool because the same week that I was in Baltimore, you had Donnie Yankelo on to co-host with you. That's right. And the day before you actually had him on, he briefly mentioned it on the show. The, the night before you had him on, uh, I had dinner with him and Guy Searle from the MyMac podcast. Yeah, very and, cool. Yeah, that was, I, that was, I didn't realize Donnie, like Guy, is a very tall person. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm six foot tall and these guys both tower over me. I, yeah, it's, I, we it's sent a you a picture. Because I'm, I'm only five, six. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I get a crick in my neck. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. Because guys like what six seven. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it was really cool to uh, to to put a face, to put a you know uh, the way they walk, the way they talk in person, you know, uh, mannerisms with somebody you've known. Because I've known Donnie for literally a decade. He's been writing for mymac.com dot com for ten years, half the life of that publication. Uh, so far and i've never met him in person so it was it was really really cool and of course getting together with guy searle is always great i always guy and i just get along great it's we don't see each other for a year at a time and then we just fall right back into these old patterns like we haven't spent you know 364 days apart (laughs) but of course with guy i just saw him over the summer at uh max stock yeah Well, we'd love to get you to Max Stock sometime. Maybe next year. Maybe. I've I've built up some brownie points, so I'm, I'm gonna I may cash them in 
next next summer. It, it's a uh, it's a fun show. OWC, of course, the company I work for, uh, is uh, possibly going to be a big sponsor again this year. I don't know, or the next show, I should say. Um, but it, whether they are or not, I'm going to be at Max Talk. It's just uh, I had a lot of fun at that show, um, and you know. We had like seven people from my Mac there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was a pretty big contingent. In fact, it was probably the most people from any one publication was there. So maybe you should co-brand next year then. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they'll probably want money, and I I'm not yeah. spending any money on it. Yeah. So, um, uh, sorry to hear about your grandmother, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, I've been kind of explaining to people that it's it it is one of these things that's kind of weird because obviously, you know, you're sad. Well, you but, give condolences, and but you're thinking, but she yeah. was 99. She lived a very yeah. full. I mean, the world she was born into was totally different than the one yeah. she passed from. Yeah. Unless you know, she lived like in the Middle East, and it was probably exactly the same. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that. No, but, that's uh, an amazing lifespan. Ninety nine years. What I what I found very interesting actually, I mentioned last week that they uh, they kind of did this video of um, uh, interviews and also pictures. They kind of round up all these family pictures, and they, now all the pictures they put up were captioned. And so, what amazed me actually is is for uh, except for maybe the last eighteen months, two years of her life, she was. I mean, she was fully participating in everything. You know, she was she was overseas. She was in, uh, visiting different things. You could see she was engaged and, and lively. She wasn't just like one of those old people sat in a chair doing nothing. Right. Um, and and really, even even right up until the end of her life, uh, she she started to suffer from a bit of, from a bit of uh, short term memory loss the last couple of years. So by the end of it, she I mean you know you could talk to her, you could engage with her and everything. She wasn't so good with faces anymore, and she wasn't really sure from day to day kind of what was going on. But it, in some respects, that gave her a very stress free life because you know she she didn't have a care in the world. You know, yeah, she's not worrying about bills yeah. or anything. Exactly, and and she was, you know, she was living, she was living in in a, a very good care home, and uh, and so you know all her needs were attended to. So, yeah, she uh, she if if you, if if you're going to go out like that, and she she died relatively suddenly, she hadn't had a lot of long painful illness. So that's that's, if you're go out that's like a that, miracle that's, right there. Yeah, it's not a bad way to go. No, really. absolutely. So, so yeah, so it is bittersweet, you know. But um, we'd have hated to see her go on and on for a long time. Oh and, yeah. And, generate with dementia into into somebody who who really couldn't function couldn't do anything for themselves that would have been awful so yeah that's no that's never good so um any new tech gear in your life i know you you said you were kind of holding off the apple tv discussion until i got back i i am and i still haven't bought one no neither have i and uh, I'm probably going to hold off until till the christmas break now um, you know we're talking and it's black friday and um it's Black Friday there in the UK as well because you guys kind of have that thing now. I'm sorry. We, 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 uh, we, yes, the last two. For all of America, I apologize. I know we seem to have adopted it, um, oh. and it, it just really doesn't work here because, for a start, we don't have Thanksgiving, so we don't have a a, a, a day. A yeah, there's not a reason day. to. Yeah, everyone's working today, so so. You know, there's, if you want to go shopping on Black Friday, you have to take time off. And the pro- the problem that that means is that how can I put this delicately? There are, there are certain types of people who are more prevalent in Black Friday on Black Friday sales in the UK. Yeah. 
uh, the kind of people who don't have a job, basically, and consequently it can be a little bit more unpleasant shopping in, uh, on, on Black Friday here when you're surrounded by hordes of people who really are desperate for a bargain. Um, but it, it just it doesn't really fit with our culture. It, it I don't want to sound this disparaging to to you, our our American brothers, but it, it comes across as a little bit vulgar here. If you know what I mean. Oh no, I tell it is a hundred percent. You guys, what you're experiencing with Black Friday is nothing compared to what it's going to be like there in just a few more years. Yeah. Um, it's going to only get progressively worse, and it's it is at that point here in the United States. I mean. Honestly, I think it's actually coming down a little bit now in the hype and in the craziness that surrounds it. Um, I think people are starting to behave a little bit better, but it's still one of those. If you go to CNN.com right now, I'm sure there's some story about somebody getting trampled. But just a few years ago, it was a lot worse than what it is now. Yeah, but but again, that's that's also part part of what we've imported. There's been breathless media reporting about it for the last couple of days. You know, will it be bad? What will it be like? And then uh, I I've posted a link here in the show notes of a of a, a on the Guardian's website, who are one of the newspaper the London newspapers here, of a live hour by hour update on Black Friday, yeah. which is crazy. It's it stupid. You know, it is. It's shopping. It's, it's not that- the, the the rampant commercialism of everyday life is just tiring. It really is. And you can't get away from it. You can't get away from it on TV. You can't get away from it. If you listen to the radio, hell, you can't get away from it when you're listening to this episode of tech fan. Yeah. Uh, you definitely not online. I mean, my mailbox is chock full today of black Friday, this black Friday, that I'm just, I'm sick of it. In fact, I, I laughed this morning because I, I, I opened up my iPhone this morning. One of the first mails I saw was uh, a Black Friday sale from the domain registrar who I get my... Um, I got my one. I, I got something like that, too. Uh, Hoover. <laughs> yeah. I got one and from you, Hoover. And you just think, you just think really? You know, your domain registrars are having a Black Friday sale. They don't, they don't sell there anything tangible. It's just... Uh, you know, a, a promotional day. It's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, it, it doesn't. Really, really doesn't. Uh, I mean, don't be wrong. I like a bargain. But the problem is when you're looking at, at tech, I mean, that Black Friday is the worst day you can ever buy anything like that. Because very often, if it's if it's been dropped down in price, it's because it's about to be discontinued. Or alternatively, a lot of the big retailers actually stock up with stuff they've imported just for Black Friday. And it's not, it's not good gear. I, I just opened up my email program. I've been actually really good. Ooh. I gotta kind of well my desk drawer thing that was a little squeaky. Um, <clears throat> I just opened up my email, and what just came in is Think Geeks uh, Black Friday email. Star Trek Black Friday starts now. It's from this. I don't know how I got on the Star Trek email list, but I am. It's from the official Star Trek dot com. I right. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Neo Finder Happy Black Friday offer. Uh, digital music from Amazon Black Friday. Oh, which, by the way, Foo Fighters just came out with a free EP, five songs free. Uh, and it's really good. O'Reilly Auto Parts. I have no idea. I'm on theirs. <laughs> Shoes.com uh, Black Friday sale. Your favorite brands for less. Walmart uh, Black Friday sale. I don't know how I got on theirs. Portrait Pro Black Friday sale. Here's the dumbest one. So, David, next week, uh, my traveling is, by the way, not done. I have 
uh, a show I'm shopping, which means I just go and I walk around and I talk to some vendors and some of the show organizers and see if it's something that will fit in with us next year, right, uh, for OWC. And so I fly out uh, to Washington, D.C. on Wednesday, and then I fly back that night. I probably won't get home till like 11 o'clock, so hopefully we won't get snow because it's take me even longer to get home. And um, it's called uh, the Government Video Expo. Mm-hmm. And I get, <laughs> I've, I'm signed up for it. I'm attending. Um, I got an email from them. The the it, <laughs> well, they're having a black sale Friday. <laughs> well, for the registration. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. GV Expo's Black Friday special offer is here. Save big with this limited time Black Friday offer. Get $175 off an all-access pass or $75 off a one-day pass. As promised, here... No, you didn't promise me. (laughs) Something's shaking on my desk. The Porsche Mosey bought registration yesterday. I mean, this is part of the problem. I can't help feeling a lot of the times what, what it is flagged as a Black Friday sale is no different than the regular promotions available all the time anyway. Nobody nobody but a schmuck ever pays full price for those registrations for a show. No. There are always promo promotions and discounts. So is that Black Friday one any better than anything else they've ever offered? No, of course not. <laughs> so but what's the point? Why not just offer the regular one? Well, because then they can't cash in with an email that says Black Friday. But if everything is on sale on Black Friday. Well, you know, we have, uh, yeah, pretty much. We we have this uh, furniture outlet in here in the Midwest. Maybe it's nationwide at this part. I, I don't know. Called Art Van. And um, something is like, yeah. something is shaking on my desk. It's kind of, I don't know what it is. It's the uh, it's the thunder of the Black Friday shoppers going past your house. Right? The, yeah, it's the horde of shoppers. Yeah. Um, Art Van has a sale every week, mm-hmm. and every week they advertise it as their once a year sale for this. Their once a year, and they never have the regular price. If I don't care when you go in there, it's always on sale. That's uh, that's you say it's furniture. Yeah. Yeah, furniture stores are notorious for that. <laughs> you know I, I mean? they, everything is always discounted, and because it's always they always put a, a sticker price, they never charge anybody. Right, exactly. I, I to me, that's just fraud, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. that's fraud. If well, we we actually have um we we actually have a law here in the UK that says if you if you say that anything is discounted, you know, previously sold for two thousand pounds and then in fact you know now thirteen ninety nine or something like that it has to have been on sale somewhere for 28 days uh, previously in order for legally for you to put that on the ticket so what what these stores do is they actually kind of you know they almost have a store when which nobody can go to where they put the things on sale sure they hide the stuff away Mm -hmm. at full price um, and, uh, you know, and, and they'd stick it in the back of the store or something like that, just so that they can roll it forward at the discounted price when they want to sell it. Uh, you know, if, if there's a law, there's someone there that's going to break it. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or, or, bend, or, or yeah, let's not, not break it, but bend it. Stay within the, the letter of the law while completely not ignoring the spirit of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new there. That's, yeah. and that's not a, uh, a Western civilization thing either. That's, 
that's human history. That's the way it's always been. Yeah. So something I got recently, David, getting back to the whole tech aspect of the show. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm a sucker for headphones. I like over-the-ear headphones or on-the-ear headphones. What I don't like is in-the-ear earphones. I've Yeah, and that's why you and I differ. I favor the in-ear mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. So I have a opportunity to uh, review the, the Philips Fidelio Bluetooth headphones. Um, and they have a couple different models, but the one I got is uh, right now I, you can get it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine eighty, And uh, it also ships with... Um, a cable so I can plug them in. Right. And these are, you know, $300. That's a lot of money. Uh, I took them with me on my last trip to Santa Monica or no, uh, San Jose. Sorry. A little, lot farther North. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if the battery had just died in them or what, but they didn't work for me at all. I came home, plugged them in. Um, but when I was on the road, I thought, well, it's, I've, it comes with an audio cable. I didn't have that one that it came with. I didn't put it in the bag, but I had another one. And of course it didn't work. It has to have its own unique. I don't get it. Why would you create your own stupid audio cable for just this pair of headphones? Oh, so you could sell you a new one when it Mm. breaks. But I do got to say though, it sounds really, really good. I mean, I'm I'm, look They're $300 earphones. They should sound good. For they us. better sound good. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to try them on the plane because, you know, that they have the uh, sound cancellation on there. And uh, I wasn't able to. So I'm going to try it this Wednesday. I'm going to keep them plugged in until right before I leave. That way I know that they're completely fully charged. And I'll bring the, and it's a day in their back. So I'll I'll bring my back, my, uh, my back, my bag, but I won't even put a computer in it. It'll just basically be mm-hmm. empty except for a pair of headphones or something. Yeah. So virtually no weight at all, but just so I can listen to it on the plane, because I think that would be, that's where people want the noise cancellation anyways. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, but so far though, man, I got to say, um, they sound really, really good. Do they sound as good over Bluetooth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't notice any difference in my limit, granted limited testing between, Corded and uncorded, Bluetooth 4.0 or just it sounds it sounded really good. I was I was kind of surprised. I listened to the the new Foo Fighters EP that I was just talking about. Um, that was the first music that I listened to. But I do have a playlist that's for reviewing music or for reviewing headphones or speakers. I this is the playlist. I know what this music is supposed to sound like. Um, it's stuff that I've been listening to for years. Uh, some of it going back way to LPH. I mean, I know yeah. I know the sounds of these songs, and they're songs that I don't listen to all the time because, you know, it's it's not my favorite music, but I know what it sounds like, and yeah. it's a good barometer for me when I'm testing music. And I think for any reviewer, you kind of listen to standard stuff because so, you know what it's supposed to sound like. You That's don't right. listen to something new. So I listened to something new. They sounded great. Um, I, st- I have to run it through their tests, but initially they sounded really good. I was really surprised at how good the, uh, the clarity of the music is uh, and the, the channels and the staging staging is a big deal for me in music. I mean, yeah. it, it, you have to hear those layers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some songs that when you listen to, 
it should it shouldn't be just in your ears. It should be around you. Yeah. Um, it's hard to describe that no, with, you, without actually find, playing the music when you're listening to yeah. a good, you know, that that's how you. I, yeah. I found fine with the best headphones I have that, that you can hear uh, nuance. You, can, you might be able to hear, you know, some kind of overtones from the cymbals on the drums or. Or something like that that you could you just can't hear all the things, and that's because it's you, you, it's much more like you're actually listening to it in the room where it's recorded, or, or, or the effect the engineer wanted to get when they because obviously you they never sound like that when you're actually in the studio, but um, obviously the engineers who 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 produce these songs are trying to create a sound stage that you know in their head represents what the song should be like if it was played live in front of you, and with decent you know good headphones or really anything from a hundred dollars upwards uh if they're really good you start to pick up some of those details that yeah you just you just can't hear on cheaper headphones do you yeah. you just the clout you know the level of of detail in the music just isn't there i wish you were here from pink floyd is a really good example the beginning of that song yeah the guy's in an apartment he's watching something on tv you can hear him changing the channels he picks up his guitar he sniffles and he starts playing along with what he's hearing on the tv um you can hear that on cheap headphones but you can't hear the depth you can't feel the size of the room whereas on a really good pair of headphones you absolutely can on i know that song very well and and it's one of my favorites yeah on good headphones you can actually hear his fingers on the strings absolutely can you can (laughs) hear you can hear it just slide right up yeah yep yep um, Gimme Shelter is another one from the Rolling Stones that on good headphones, it, it expands the song from what you've heard in soundtracks in the background watching some war footage in a Vietnam thing. Because that seems to be where they play that song a lot. I don't know why. The thing that always worries me about traveling with expensive headphones is you know, a, a, a headphones in a bag are the sort of things it's quite easy if you're in a rush to leave lying around somewhere. And if it's three hundred dollars worth, that's that's going to sting. You know? <laughs> I, I would agree. I would no. agree. Um, but l- here's the thing: if you can afford a three hundred dollar pair of headphones, it's probably not going to sting as bad. Well, maybe, maybe. Unless it's a you, present, a gift. Yeah, yeah, a gift, or, or perhaps you saved up because you really wanted, you know, you really see your music. But you know, there there is a certain advantage in having cheaper stuff in that. You know, if you leave it behind, you can kind of go, well, I'll just have to get another one. Yeah, but exactly. obviously, you don't get the quality always. So. No, no. But uh, so far, I'm I'm quite impressed with them. Cool. You know, and, and my my normal traveling headphones is a pair of hundred dollar Bose. Yeah. And they're not wireless. They're not sound cancellation. Uh, they they sound good. They don't sound great, but they don't sound horrible either. I mean, they're to me they sound like a pair of Bose headphones. Mm-hmm. And Amazon sent me the Bose and you know, these for free to review. So, yeah, but I wasn't expecting much to be honest. I mean, it's Phillips. I mean, I don't equate Phillips with a super good quality headphone. No, no, I know. I know what you mean. Um, I, I think, uh, my brother used to work for Phillips. So, uh, you know, I have a a dazzling insight into uh, how that company operates. And, um, a few years ago, they were so diversified, that all of their markets fell off a cliff because they were doing everything kind of badly. <laughs> you know, they were selling so many different types of things, and a lot of it they were doing badly. So they have reined in now and started to focus on quality and, uh, you know, producing a good 
a good quality product for people. So, so well, here's so something good. I like. I'm I'm looking at the product description, which actually I I did not read before I started testing these. At home or on the go, blah 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 blah. High definition sound, seamless Bluetooth connectivity is all yours with the Fidelio M2BT. Mm-hmm. NFC technology ensures one tap wireless pairing, which by the way worked a hundred percent. Uh, when I paired it with my uh, iPhone 6 Plus. Plus intuitive uh, controls um, on the ear, which it says intuitive, but it seems confusing to me. Maybe it's just me. Um, yeah. Ear shell buttons for intuitive controls of all music and calls. Mm. And But this is the part that I didn't read, so I wish I would have brought the cable. 1.2, and I like this, by the way. I, I like this concept. Uh, 1.2 meter audio cable for when your battery runs out. That's important for a, a pair of headphones that also yeah. doubles as, you know, listen, uh, phone calls. That if, if you're on Bluetooth headphones and they run out of battery, well, then you're SOL, right? You're shut out of luck because the yeah. battery's dead. You're not going to listen anymore. But with these, you just plug in the audio cable and they, they still work. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 have a pair of I've still got I think Alexander's got them now a pair of Motorola Bluetooth headphones that were they were cheap they were about $35 when I bought them a few years ago uh, and they've always sounded pretty good well the one thing I always liked about them is that because they, they're kind of like these over over the year yeah. uh, the one thing I, I liked about them is because they're they're a little bit obviously a little bit bigger the battery is really quite large in them and they last for ages um, I have a pair of Plantronics in-ear Bluetooth headphones that I use when I'm walking around a lot. And they're great, except for the fact the battery only lasts for about two and a half hours because it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that is that is kind of Im- kind of important, really. You oh, know, it is. I'm just looking at the specs for this. The talk time on these is 10 hours, so it looks like they should have a fairly beefy battery in them. Well, and the, that's the Bluetooth. I mean, you can still use yeah. them for talk if the battery dies, if you get the audio yeah. cable plugged in. So yeah. it's so far I'm impressed with them. Um, it looks like they've been out for about a year now. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising that they just now are getting around to wanting people to review them, but they're four and a half stars uh, yeah. on, uh, I ne- on I Amazon. Never know with that, I never know with that whether that's down to Amazon or whether it's down to Philips. Yeah, that's, I don't know. But as, as we talked, there's only five left in stock here in the U.S. Amazon store, so. I like them. They sound good. Cool. Um, let's take a quick break here, David, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchards, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000-foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast. Uh, we'd love to get feedback from you guys. Easiest way is to send an email to the show at techfanpodcast.com or simply go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a comment in the show notes. We also keep an eye on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, you know, you, you can hit us up any of those places and uh, we'll see them and talk about it right here on the show. I haven't really been paying attention. Uh, have we got much feedback lately, David? Uh, not really. Um, probably everyone's been bored, bored rigid by my podcasting skills. I, I loved the episode with you and your son. Yeah, it was good. I, it was fun to do. But I, I have to apologize to everybody. I, the, 
I've not been happy with the audio quality of anything I've done <laughs> while you've been away. It's huh. uh, one of the reasons I'm glad to glad to have you back. I just um, am not figuring out a uh, a good audio solution here at the moment. I'm always trying different places and different equipment and all that. I need to kind of really put some effort in and, and settle down on something that works. But I'm, I'm not. Well, really you've been spoiled because for you know close to ten years, you and I have been podcasting on and off for together. I've always done all the the production work and as well yeah. as post production, you know. You just simply got on and started talking. I did yeah. all the recording, I did the editing, I put, you know, the dropped the commercials in and the music at the beginning. Uh I I I run it through EQs to make it sound as good as I can, you know. I do all of the post production work and then of course, you know, getting it FTP up to the site and the website yeah. and the show notes, XML, the, so I've done all the heavy lifting. And so when I'm not here and I listen to an episode, I, I, you know, I'm not going to wax your balls here. Yeah. I hear a huge difference in the audio quality, but I forgive that because I know that, well, David's not actually used to doing this and you know, it's different. So you would simply send me an email, say the show's ready. I'd go to Dropbox and I'd yeah. rename the show because you always screw up renaming the files. And, <laughs> and, Don't and, tell me. Then I won't do it right, will I? Yeah, well, <laughs> all you have to do is look at our RSS feed. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it sounds different. And I know it's simply because you've never really invested in that infrastructure that I've had to do. Uh, on my end, but well, the, the infrastructure that I put in has been in place for seven years. I'm I'm using the, exactly the same. Although I did just replace my uh, mic arm, the boom mic arm. Yeah. I just replaced yeah. that. The other one's getting saggy. Yeah, I remember when you said that. But, well, the other thing I'm really suffering is it's kind of been a perfect storm because we've moved into the new house. Yeah, I haven't got a fixed place to record. Um, I don't have a, an office like I used to, so I have nowhere I can set up anything and keep it there. Yeah. So I'm always moving from room to room, depending on circumstances. And also, as well, I gave away my prime podcasting computer to my son. So yeah. I kind of, you know, I, one thing that really drove me mad is that um used to be that when you wanted to record a Skype conversation, you fire up a copy of Audio Hijack, um, tell it to record uh, Skype, and it would automatically put. Uh, you know, you on one channel, the person you're talking to on the other channel, save that out of file. It was easy. They changed Audio Hijack, and now it's it's kind of got this funky new interface where you drag boxes and they kind of join each other up. And yeah. it's it, yeah, it's meant to be very very intuitive, but damned if I can get it working properly. Uh, really, I, I don't I don't use it uh, yeah. for recording this podcast. I have the new Audio Hijack Pro. I actually like it a lot. Well, it looks very cool, but the problem is when I actually tried to use it to do a, a real job, I had real problems. That show I recorded with Donny, for some reason I was getting feedback from myself, and, and I, the, nothing I could do could, could turn it off. And the old pro- program never used to do that. It mm. just it was literally record Skype, hit record, and it just worked. Now you obviously have to do manually more stuff that it used to do for you, but there's nowhere in the application that tells you how to do that. Yeah, It's very, very frustrating. Well, I'm sure they're listening, and they'll get that fixed for you. <laughs> Rogomedia, so. get yeah. on this. Um, I yeah, I've never used it for uh, podcasting. I've used it to capture stuff mm. uh, that I've used in podcasts in the past, but I haven't. It, it's it's just not. I use an older version of GarageBand, for instance, and yeah, uh, no, I do that too. I, the I, the I, new one is terrible. One. Yeah, 
So, so uh, I, I, I got to know, and maybe I missed it on one of the follow-up episodes. Uh, I was listening to the episode when you were talking about uh, buying from eBay and the, the issues you had with the lazy lady that never sent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I equate that story now with really crappy weather driving to Detroit, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it was very early in the morning. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning when I left and started listening yeah. to it. And it was raining, and it was dark, and it was cold. Every time, every time you're doing that, every time you're in that sort of weather, you can think about deadbeat Sophie the student. From That's Apple right. Christmas. Yeah. So... <laughs> um, she was a student. She was a student. That's what she claimed to be. Oh well, see, so you didn't. You, I don't think you mentioned that on the show because I was. Uh, I, I was. I only found this out afterwards. Oh, so. okay. Because I was picturing some middle to late age lady who was just extremely lazy. No, well, I think uh, she's a student, so that's why she's lazy. But I think the real problem was that uh, she, she basically as soon as she she I don't know if she's on drugs or whatever, but as soon as she had money, she spent it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so the reason she couldn't refund me straight away, yeah, because she spent her money, spent the money already, and she didn't have it. So what? What actually happened? So here's the follow-up from that. So I, I complained to eBay, um, escalated the claim. You have to wait a certain yeah, number of days, it's like ten days, ten days. So I did that, escalated the claim to eBay. eBay says, right, she's, uh, we're going to organise a refund. A refund comes my way. Now I. I is, this has become more complicated now because eBay and PayPal have split into separate companies. It used to be the same company, and it was a lot easier. Um, what actually happened is that the refund I was issued was in the form of what they call it an e-check. So rather than it being funded straight back into my PayPal account, it had to clear. I think it was because they pulled it out of her bank account. Uh, and what happened is just before it was due to clear, she cancelled it. <laughs> wow. So I had no money. Uh, and and well, how can she know, cancel the? Well, I, I because apparently I spoke to PayPal about it. Apparently, what she can do is she can go into her bank and say, um, "Yeah, I don't want this transaction to go through," and the bank will go, "Okay, well, it's your money. If you decide you don't want to go through, we'll cancel it." And that's what she did. Uh, or alternatively, uh, PayPal tried to pull the money from her account, and her bank refused because she was overdrawn and didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Mate, well, could be any of any one of those reasons. But anyway, I did get my refund. So I then complained to PayPal, and PayPal said to me, oh, you should have come to us first. Don't go to eBay in future. Come to us first, because we can always get your money back straight, uh, more quickly. So I put in, put in a claim with them, and I actually only got the money back last week. Um, I put in a claim to them. Again, they... <laughs> funny, I had a conversation with, with the... Because uh, I chased PayPal to say, look, you said you'd have processed this by now and I can't I'm not seeing the money in my account and I spoke to a lady in um, in kind of like PayPal's claims department right she said she said you know what I she said uh, what the process is is that we give them a certain period of time to respond and either provide us tracking information that they sent you the item or alternatively to start organizing a refund and if they do neither of those things then we proactively refund you and then go and chase them for the money and she said in the <laughs> Six years I've worked in the PayPal claims department. I've never had any seller proactively start a refund or provide us with the appropriate tracking information. <laughs> so basically, yeah, PayPal knows that they uh, they never get the money back from people who who are in dispute. Um, I, I guess they must go claim trying to claim it back or claim it back from the credit card companies. But anyway, the long and short of it is, I did finally get the money back. 
So and so uh, now you're going to once again try to buy a, an, uh, a computer. No, well, I've already got. In fact, I'm talking to you now on the computer. Right? Oh, okay. So that was going to be my follow up, not not yeah. what happened with her. And did you get your money back? Because I just assumed that you did. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. Yes, you did. I'm, I'm sorry it took so long. Yeah. Well, um, it is what it is. Yeah. But so, what did you end up getting? So, so I have I have the uh, the 2010 polycarbonate unibody. Oh, Mac. yeah. That's a good yeah. machine. It did well. You know what? I'm as I said on the show. I think you know this is a is very much a sweet spot in terms of I agree. Cost, performance. It's much cheaper than MacBook Pro. Yep, and, and it's yes, almost as capable. It's almost as capable, and it's a lot more capable than an Air. Yeah, and put an SSD in there, and it. Really oh yeah. Fun, oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, I when I was at a Mac Specialist, which was the job that I was working. In fact, that computer that you've got right now came out when we first started this the show. Yeah. Not not this episode. We haven't been talking that long. Um, it, I sold a lot of those at Mac Specialist. They were it, it was just a sweet spot. It really was. And I've always liked that machine, and it felt rugged. It felt uh, more robust uh, physically than the MacBook Pro. Even it just I don't know something about the the rubber on there. Uh, I I just always really liked the bottom of them. Sucks, but other than yeah. that, it, it's a great machine. I think the thing they have going for them, they are tough in that they won't dent, whereas mm-hmm. the aluminium machines will. They'll dent, dent and scratch very easily, whereas these, they scratch up, but because they're white, you can't really see the scratches. So they always look pretty good, unless they've got cracks in them. Yeah. Um, but it's actually not that hard to find uncracked machines out there. Um, and yeah, the, the the bottoms can be faulty, Yeah. but as, as I, I think I mentioned, if, if you take one of those to apple they'll just change the we we uh, we replace those under warranty all the time at max specialist in fact if we got one in even if it wasn't didn't look too bad we just replaced it yeah and what's nice about it compared to many of the sh- the current machines is that it's easy to work on you just take the bottom off and everything is there you yeah. don't need to kind of disassemble it to get and you can change the battery you can change the optical drive yep. the hard drive nice and easy yep nice um, machines i i think yeah. i think that's a good purchase for you yeah i do um, I'm still, still probably going to buy um, <laughs> a uh, iPad Pro. Though. Yeah, I no, I'm not, I'm not going that route. Um, I haven't played with one yet, and so maybe I should say I haven't made yeah. up my mind. But it's one. Of, I tell you, it's one of those machines that when you pick it up, all of a sudden you kind of fall in love with it. Yeah, that's kind of my fear, yes. and that's why I haven't gone out of my way to go to an Apple store to play <laughs> with one. But. I don't know. I, I'm so pleased with my uh, Air 2. I really am. Yeah. To me, it's just the perfect reading machine. Uh, it's it's still extremely fast. I can do the split screen with it. Although, you know, I was really looking forward to that, but hardly any apps support it. So yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I about that. Though, I've noticed in the last <coughs> couple of weeks that all of a sudden there's been a whole load of app updates that and all of a sudden they that there's plenty more apps. That's that because of the iPad Pro. Yeah, I guess so. But um, you know that that's really improving things. The, I tell you, the interface though for swapping between apps on the the split screen it sucks. It, it's, it's terrible. Ho- it's terrible. It absolutely pull, is. Yeah, because you pull the app, pull the slide the app list in from the side, and you start scrolling, and it's just a great big long grid of icons. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's it's not it's not good. Hasn't been thought out well. That's for sure. No. Um. But it, once you once you actually get the apps in split screen, it actually yeah. works really well. So. so I haven't listened to all of the last tech fan uh, two thirty one that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wi Fi is broken. 
Uh, I started listening to it, but we had Thanksgiving yesterday and, you know, all that stuff. So I wasn't able to, and I only listen to podcasts when I'm in the car, to be honest. Sometimes uh, on a plane, but if I'm at a hotel, if I'm on the road, I'm not listening to podcasts at the hotel. Uh, I don't listen to them at home because I'm doing stuff. And when I listen to podcasts, I listen to podcasts. It's not just background noise. Um, So I haven't listened to the whole thing. But I was really intrigued about your your theses, if you will, on Wi-Fi, and that at least in your situation, you're sitting on so many other Wi-Fi signals with the houses being close together, and that Wi-Fi really was never designed. I mean, this is a, what a 15 year old technology at this point. It was never really designed to be as widely adopted as it has become. And that there are a lot of technical limitations that we're going to start butting up against very, very soon, especially with how many devices are using a Wi-Fi network now. And that if you're in an urban setting, like you are, like I am, there's just so many different Wi-Fi signals and, and you're, you're going to start getting interference. There's just no way. I mean, where I'm sitting right now, there's one, two, well, I'll, I'll count mine here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's 10 near me right now. And my house is not butted up against anybody. So I, I've got space and I've still, there's, there's 10 signals around me. So I was really starting to think about this. And what's next? What is going to either supplement or replace Wi-Fi? So I started, maybe I'm two hours into this tops, but I started doing a little bit of research, David, on what the next thing is going to be. And there doesn't seem to be a consensus on what's going to replace Wi-Fi, but there is something out there called Li-Fi which I thought you might find interesting. And I put a link in our show notes for anybody who wants to read it. This is a Smithsonian Magazine article, uh, and just recently, too, about Li-Fi. And it's it's much faster than Wi-Fi. And in recent experiments, they were getting speeds up to 224 gigabits per second. Um, At these speeds, a person could download nearly 20 full-length movies in a single second, uh, according to the uh, this guy's research, Li-Fi can achieve data density 1,000 times greater than Wi-Fi um, because Wi-Fi is signals are contained in a very small area. So what is Li-Fi? It's basically um, kind of like Wi-Fi except for it's transmitted by light. Now, as soon as you say that, you can come up with a whole bunch of reasons why this is not practical for everyday use. Uh, you have to have a light source that's coming from an LED directly smacking the device that you're using to get a signal. But if you figure where most people are using a lot of data in a car, you could have a light source, uh, in home, in your home, you could have light sources. Um, but there are physical limitations. Light doesn't pass through a wall like Wi-Fi does or radio signal will. So I don't think it's a replacement for it, David, but I think it's something that could ease the burden off of Wi-Fi and cellular networks in many, many situations, especially in a business or a home, which let's be honest, are the two biggest areas that Wi-Fi is being used. And the rest of it 
is combination of cellular and Wi-Fi. So I think Wi-Fi would. I think that there could be something there, David. Yeah, I I, I think the the thing with this is that this is this is very much at the theoretical stage. At the it moment. is. This well, is, no, it's is, not just theoretical. They've actually they they built an infrastructure for their testing. Yeah. But but this is this is university research. This is yeah. Not, this is six seven years away from yeah, being on the this, market. There's a pile of engineering challenges that sure. need to be solved, solved with this, but but uh, certainly it's feasible. Um, I mean, and it doesn't really surprise me because I know from the, from the work I do that um, I mean, for instance, when you're using fiber, you're actually using the same technology. Yeah, it's LEDs it's firing very high speed, uh, different colors down a glass tube. Yep. Um, so on 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 that level, a lot of the protocol and the kind of the technical issues around actually firing light beams that fast have already been solved what intrigued me about reading this is that um, he talked about bouncing signals around a room yeah. and of course you think about it um, infrared already does that you know, we've, all, we've all had that circumstance where it, if you're in a room you don't have to point the infrared transmitter for your TV directly at the TV you can put it at the wall and it'll still work because the signal kind of bounces around until it gets to where it needs to go um, so I, I could see something I, obviously the more uh, you do stuff like that the more you um, reduce it from being a kind of point to point source to kind of bouncing around the lower the speeds you're going to get but the thing is, is there's so much bandwidth available in this technology anyway that even if it's slowed right down to be a, as fast as Wi-Fi um, you know it doesn't interfere with itself outside of a room that has real real sort of promise really yeah I think uh, that's the promise that you are you're virtually on your own network at that point within a room yeah, and I think they're I think they're onto something here. I think this it depends on if the industry kind of embraces this technology, if they can see that there's money to be made here. But I think that we're I think that we're seven to ten years away from Wi-Fi being completely saturated yeah. and it becoming a huge, huge issue for a lot of people. And see, the advantage of this technology is, is we are now transitioning away from incandescent lamps to LED anyway. Yes. If you build it into the infrastructure of the lighting in a house yeah. or, a, or an office. A light bulb would simply be a relay yeah. station. Exactly. Then every, then effectively you network the house just by having the lights, lights your, on. Your LED TV is a relay station. Exactly. I mean, the, the, I think this is a really cool concept. Um. I would really like to see them continue this. I hope they get the backing that they need to take this to a trial stage. Um, and then some companies step up and, and actually make a go of this. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. What's this next thing you got here? Really, Google, uh, don't you get why this is not cool? I didn't read this yet. <laughs> okay, so this is... Uh, you, you remember that, that Google purchased the Nest company yeah, yeah. those funky thermostats. Yep. Um, and Tony Fidel is one of the uh, mover and shakers there, and he's he's the guy who tends to be known as the father of the iPod because he helped develop the iPod at Apple. Yep. Um, so so they make a, a, a security camera called the Nest Cam, um, which kind of you know it's a cool security camera, kind of like a gooseneck type thing. Um, but somebody took it apart, and it turns out that with the Nest Cam, that when you turn it off, it doesn't turn off. So the cam's on all the time. Camera's on all the time. They, they basically what they did is they looked at the power draw and they said even when you click the button to turn it off, the camera was taking the same amount of power. And so they queried queried this with um, 
they queried this with Nest, and Nest went, uh, oh, yeah, because what all we do is we don't fully power it down. We just stop it from transmitting any data so that when you turn it on, it comes straight back on. <laughs> and the problem is, of course, this is Google we're talking about, who don't have a, a, a clean rap sheet when it comes to uh, privacy concerns. And, uh, you know, they were famously fined by the German government for stealing more Wi-Fi information than they should have done when they were Google mapping. Um, and I, it just boggles the mind, really, that inside <laughs> Google and Nest, nobody thinks that this is a problem. That, you you know, that when you press a button that says private turn the thing off they go oh yeah well we just stop it sending data to us but it's still on because of course the difficulty with that is you can imagine a circumstance where somebody google or maybe somebody else sends a signal to the camera and it just quietly turns itself back on again without you knowing about it hmm. and, it, and it's just you know it's wrong-headed you know their, their spokesperson says when the nest cam is turned off it completely stops transmitting video to the cloud meaning it no longer observes its surroundings that's not true <laughs> that means that's like that's like saying um yeah when when you when you uh when i'm in a room and you're talking and you say you want a private conversation i'm not going to get up and go out the room i'm just not going to listen to what you're saying right exactly <laughs> just trust me i'm not looking no we're not we're not, we're not going to you're fine go ahead no, and this is you know as i say it's you'd think google would be more sensitive to this they never have yeah. been sensitive to it well, be aware that this would when if it were to come out would would look badly on them because it looks i'm sure it's not malicious i'm sure they're not deliberately hatching a master plan to turn on the cameras of the world at some point in the future for a nefarious reason but the, the thing is is that you know how can anybody who's working on the privacy function of the camera think it's okay to not power the camera down when you well it's not here here's my issue david it's it's not google themselves that i'm worried about it's malicious hackers who sees these cameras are actually never really turned off and hey you know what we could do here that's where my fear comes in yeah absolutely Um, because they don't have you know they're they're not a big company that can be held responsible but the company that's creating this technology they can be so you know we've all heard the, the the stories about the baby monitors being hacked and people being able to watch those. Um, now imagine something like this getting hacked and people are watching those and, and nudie photos of your wife shows up online because someone hacked that camera and posted the pictures. Yeah. Uh, you know, Google will be held responsible for that when or if that happens. They just will be. Uh, there's no question. And what would their defense be? Well, we put it in the in the user uh, approved blah 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 that you wouldn't hold us responsible no that doesn't work sorry <laughs> yeah good 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 luck explaining that to a jury well when they installed this they agreed to these conditions no they didn't they really didn't nobody ever does because nobody reads them all and and you never made it clear that this thing is always on now we, we had an attempt to break in uh at our house a few weeks ago somebody got in the really backyard. yeah they tried to uh they didn't try and break in the house but they, they, we have a garden store out the back that has the lawnmower and stuff in, and, and we came down one morning and somebody tried to force it open. Um, and with this, the, where we, with this new estate we've lived on has 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 become a bit of a burglary hotspot, I think, because it's finished now, uh, and uh, all the local 
all the locals see it as a rich target. So um, I looked at security cameras for this, and I, I, I tried a few. I, I probably went through about five or six different cameras, ended up sending them all back to Amazon because I could not get them working properly. And they were all the same kind of type. They were kind of a... Um, they, they were like a, they had Wi-Fi built into them, and the idea was is that they, you could set them up pointing somewhere, and if they saw something walk into the field of view, they would they were meant to be able to email you pictures of what right. was going on. They were all written; the, the instructions were all written in half Chinese. Yeah. Um, they you, all used really janky apps that didn't work properly and weren't properly documented. And in the end, I you know I decided these aren't worth the trouble. Actually, having wired up cameras that email something or store the stuff somewhere or try and upload to a cloud service, they're just not worth the trouble. So I ended up sending them all back, uh, and I bought some much, much cheaper cameras that just have a memory card in the back. And I just point them where I need to point them, and the memory card is in them. And if anything goes on, I pull the memory card out, put it in the computer, and I can see. And I have kind of you know 14 hours of rolling footage from the camera. Um, and basically, as soon as the, the card fills up, it deletes the oldest five minutes of video and puts a new five minutes on. Yep. So, you, you, and it's a much better solution than all this kind of wired stuff. So, I, anybody who's worried about Nest Camera or anything like that is just don't bother. If you want the security camera in the house, just get one with a memory card in it. Uh, you'll save a ton of money. You'll save a load of hassle configuring the things. And then, when you want to see what's on the camera, you just pull the card out, put it in your computer, and you, you've got much better. Uh, a much longer range of video than you'll ever get with one of these fancy solutions. Yep, and it's all timestamp, by the way, which is admissible, exactly. whereas the ones that transmit aren't always admissible in court. No, no. So there you go. Good tip. And I'm, you know, did they did they actually get anything? You say they, no. they attempted. No, they. I mean, I think these are, you know, kind of kids mm-hmm. who are who are trying to steal stuff for money, and they're not sophisticated. Yeah. They just tried to pry the thing open and get, then gave up and went away. Um, so, uh, yeah, they didn't get anything. And, and it, you know, they had done... The, the, the lawnmower I have in there is about 15 years old, and yeah. <laughs> frankly, they'd be doing me a favour taking it off my hands. Right, because you know? now insurance will buy uh, a new one. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it was just... Obviously, we don't want we don't want people in the backyard <laughs> trying to steal stuff on a regular basis. No, so. that's not a good deal. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. David and I will be back together next week, I believe. I'm not going anywhere at this point until probably uh, January. Uh, so uh, we'll be back next week, David. Yep. This is fun. I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I was really uh, missing sitting down and, and chatting with you here on uh, on the podcast. It's... Well, there's been a lot the, going on. And, and there has been. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to cover it and, and kind of share our thoughts. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be good to kind of catch up with the, with all the stuff over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I enjoy talking to you and I enjoy talking tech with you. It's it's not as much fun doing it on your own. Uh, trust me, I, I understand that. And this last six weeks is the longest I've ever gone without podcasting. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's the longest. Um, so we'll be back next week. And, of course, like I said, after the commercial break, we love to get feedback from you. Uh, simply send it to the show at techfanpodcast.com. We really, really do want to hear from you guys. Or simply leave a comment on the uh, website. And this was episode 232, so leave a comment there, and we will uh, read it on the next episode. See you next week, David. See you then.